<clears throat> Do you think we can use any of that? I don't know. Some of it was kind of fun. I don't think we can use any, like, when I lean back and said, do you think we can use it? Do, do you think? Do you think we can use it? Do you think we can use any of that? Do you, hey, hey, Delaney, can we use any of this? Do you think we can use any of this? Is any of this good, Delaney? Is this the content you're looking for? I think it is. <laughs> and look, you found it. There we go. Welcome. Welcome to, to Back some to... Ba- oh, oh God. <laughs> off our rocker <laughs> yeah, I think we, off our rhythm um both off our rocker every single time we record i will go to say a common saying <laughs> something that i i probably say on the daily and i will always change the last well, word but off your rocker is like an actual it, but saying but it means something completely different <laughs> we are off our rhythm and off our rockers but let's try this again. Welcome, Welcome to Someone, Someone Else's, Else's Problem, the podcast. I'm Aaron Chalakian. And I'm Delaney Peterson. I didn't have time to think of a fun name this week because you I... You had so much time. Yes. No, but I <laughs> forgot that I do that. So well, in a second, I didn't... Off, we're off our rhythm. Yeah. We've been thrown off our rhythm. This is Someone Else's Problem, the podcast, where you ask us questions. And we give you advice and musical theater song recommendations. Because... We're not doctors. We're not doctors. But... I have a degree in musical theater. What? Nope. Wrong. I have a degree in, in theater. And I have listened to the Waitress cast recording 80 times. So that's we are qual- qualified. That's a, I, actually, okay, I'm underselling myself. I have listened to it well over 100 times. You've had, you had to have. Yes. I would not doubt that. Except for slightest. Take It From An Old Man and Earl's song. Yeah. Because take it, take it From An Old Man is like, I don't need to take it from an old man multiple times. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Um, anyway. <laughs> oh, God. I'm incapacitated. Was that, was that the right word? Yeah. Ah, oh, shut up. Okay. <laughs> Let's get back on track. We've been gone for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Life happened. Life happened, and life keeps happening, but you know what? We are pushing through. Um, And at the end of the day, like, we love doing this, but this is a fun thing that we do in our free time. Yeah, and and when we don't have any of that, we can't do this. Yeah, it kind of falls to the wayside. But we appreciate the people that have been checking in with us and and asking when our next episode is, and we're so glad to deliver another one to you. Yes, we've um, We've both been going through a lot of life changes, a lot of... Um, a lot of weird negative things, but a lot of very positive things as well. Yeah. So, um, but we're also just very positive people. We, we try to look at the positive. I got new glasses. Yes, she did. And they look almost the same as the old ones, but they're better. Super better. Yeah. And I can see better now too. And that's what matters even more. So yeah, I'm really. Now she knows what I look like. Oh oh God. It's so nice to see you, Erin. Oh, you're so much more beautiful Welcome than I imagined. Party. I my Welcome prescription to the party did not that change is my that face. <laughs> Here we go. As long as I can remember, I've had a hard time finding people who actually take me seriously or listen to anything I say. Aside from the whole self-worth and anger management problems that come with that, this became a more direct problem a few months ago? I don't know. I have a trash sense of the passage of time, but Aww. the event has been stewing in my mind for quite a while. 
I started reading the Percy Jackson series. You should so listen to the Lightning Thief musical, by the way. It's absolutely stellar. And noticed that the character's description of ADHD were actually a lot like my life. I also noticed some posts about what people with ADHD had to say about ADHD and what it was like, and I realized this is me and has been me for all 17 years of my life. However, when I brought it up with the doctor the next time I had a checkup, she looked at me kind of funny, said something to the effect of, but you get such good grades, you're probably just a bit scatterbrained, and moved on without letting me say anything else about it. People just kind of bulldozing past Anything I ever say is fairly common, or at least that's what it feels like. So, uh, what do? (laughs) What do? First of all, what do? Ending with what do is great. Yes, we love you. And Um, we love you not not only because of the what do, but because of most things. Yes. And we hope to not bulldoze past your question. Yeah. Here we go. (laughs) So the first thing actually that I thought of is that for, I mean, you're not quite an adult, but you're almost there. For adults, the prescribed drug for ADHD is Adderall, which is extremely addictive. I am not a doctor, so I don't have this experience of like diagnosing things, but I would imagine that there is a percentage of people who come in and say, I have ADHD to try and get Adderall. Yeah. Like I, I was thinking the exact I same think thing. I'm sure that they have to go through a, like a, a whole diagnosis to actually get the drug. So, and obviously like the prescription and stuff. So maybe that's not what that doctor was thinking, but you know, it's always something to think about that you won't just be able to get a diagnosis for something like that. just like right off the bat, right. um, whether or not like a prescription is on the table, there's just a lot more to it. You're probably going to need a, um, a referral from yeah. this doctor um, or any doctor. Is there testing for ADHD? Do they do any sort of... Yes, but I be- I don't think it's like a test you can just do at like a... Um, exactly. Like just a physician. I think you have to go to a psychiatrist. But I was reading some articles about this actually. Wonderful. Um, one of the articles I was reading was how to advocate for yourself at the doctors because this is a really big problem actually. Yeah, it is. Um... Selma Blair, who is a ma- like a major celebrity, was just has MS, mm-hmm. and she said something recently about crying when she finally got her diagnosis because, because at least she had answers. Mm-hmm. And for years, doctors hadn't taken her seriously. So that's so. Ugh, it's a really big problem, and uh, especially for women, for women, for people of color, young for people, people who are overweight, young people. Yeah, it's a really, really big problem. So you you do need to advocate for yourself. The first thing that this article suggested was to bring somebody, a trusted friend, a parent. Um, Since you are a minor, I would recommend a parent, but I understand that that could be a problem too if you feel like nobody's taking you seriously. Probably your parents are included in that. So that kind of is a different question of like, how do I get my parents to take me seriously about this? Do you have thoughts on that? I I love that. And I Mm -hmm. I think that's a really great, thing i think also this sounds i don't want this to come across in any kind of rude or or combative way but you're you're saying that a lot of people bulldoze over a lot of things that you say and and maybe maybe it's time to not let them bulldoze anymore um instead of just letting it not i'm not saying that you're letting it happen but instead of just accepting their bulldozing fight back 
Mm-hmm. Really, really let them know that you mean what you're saying and that you have, there's no, there, that there's weight in it mm-hmm. and that what you're saying is important and it means a lot to you. A lot of people will say something that means a lot to them and then when they're not taken seriously, they'll agree with that person and just be like, you're right, it's not that big of a deal. And then the minute they leave, they regret that. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe... But it is hard in the moment. Oh I my think, gosh, of like... course, of course. And if it is hard in the moment and you leave and you realize that you that you should have been taken more seriously or something, then start start going back. Take, take the conversation again and say, you know what? I was going to let this go, but I, I don't think I can and I really need to say some things that have been weighing on me. And... The more you practice that, the easier it'll be to say it in the moment. And the shorter that time frame between I should have said it to I did say it will become. I was just looking at more of the article. I wasn't yeah. ignoring you. Because no. um, one of the things, one of the suggestions is be assertive, which is exactly what Aaron was saying. Another thing was do your research. Will not only help you advocating for yourself at the doctor, but also hopefully with your parents. Absolutely. Um, and other people who you feel are not taking you seriously. That's so important. You have to know what you're talking about. Even if you don't know as much as the doctor, you have to at least know enough so that they will trust that you actually believe what you're saying yeah. rather than oh i uh, i looked on on webmd and yeah. i saw two sentences about symptoms and i think i have right this. and reading people's personal accounts of their lives with adhd mm-hmm. is great but also look into some medical journals and other medical articles and see if you can get i i found a test that's like 20 questions and if you um like at like say yes to like at least 15 of them Mm -hmm. you probably do have adhd so take one of those it's just like an informal test it's not you know to get a diagnosis it's good to yeah start with those things but yeah you you take that list to the doctor and say i have a lot of these symptoms like i really am concerned about this can we you know can we talk about this more? This one, because you're a minor, I'm not sure how this would work, um, but you can ask for copies of all your scans and test results. Um, if you do need to find a different doctor, which you might end up having to do if this one is going to keep bulldozing over you, you, you it would be good to have those test results and scans and take them you know, elsewhere. So... Yeah, that's what I got from that particular article. And that one was not ADHD specific. That was just about anytime you're going to the doctor and need to advocate for yourself, which happens a lot. And in my personal life right now, I'm struggling with not being assertive enough. So that was why the first thing that I thought of Mm -hmm. was like, fight for yourself. You have, you have, and if you, if you keep saying that, you know, what you know, then you, you gotta, you gotta convince other people. Yeah. And that's hard at 17. But yeah. you got this and you got us on your side and yeah. we want you to find help. And a big thing too is if if you are diagnosed with ADHD and the only help is Adderall, that's your next question. Is it worth getting on a drug that's highly addictive for a little bit of relief or is it worth just learning how to work through Yeah. Your ADHD. Sometimes it's not like a it's not like a diagnosis is like something that's gonna fix everything. But um, sometimes knowing knowing is half the battle. Absolutely, if that makes sense. No, like, it it absolutely. It's is. such a journey for people to get a diagnosis, whether it's mental health or um, physical, like a chronic illness. It's it can take a long time. And ADHD, I don't think is one of those things that's difficult to diagnose. So I I think if you if you keep pushing on this. 
um, just to fight for the an yeah. answer rather than a yeah. cure. And you're you're 17, so you're not quite in college yet. But I did find a lot of articles about um, diagnosing college students with ADHD. So look into some of that research too, because I think um, the the kind of pressure that high schoolers are under is sometimes similar to that of a college student. So Mm -hmm. look into that as well, because I'm sure there's some personal accounts. And also I saw some like medical articles about that. So that might be good to look into. Songs! Still got it. Still got it. Okay, so I'll go first. Please do. Um, So my first song is actually called A Diagnosis. And it's from the show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which I've talked about a lot on this show. Yeah. And I talk, I We'll talk about it forever. But the song uh, occurs in season three when Rebecca has, like, had her, like, lowest point, really, mm-hmm. on the show. And she kind of realizes she needs to get serious about finding help um, for her mental health issues. So she's finally, she's going to um, therapy and she's finally going to get a diagnosis from her psychiatrist. And the song is, a lot of the songs in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend are in different styles, like musical styles. Um, Some of them are like parodies. This one is like a true musical theater solo song and it's lovely. It's beautiful. And uh, it's just about her being so excited to find kind of where she belongs, where she fits in. Because if she gets a diagnosis, that means there are other people who have gone through the things that she's gone through. And so she's so excited to, like, fit in. And, like, there's a line where she says, so, like, throw me in a bottle, slap a label on me. Because she just wants that label. And and it, the song can, like, it, it gets very reductive. She's like, do I have, like, bipolar disorder? Like, is it schizophrenia? She goes, <laughs> she goes. I've never heard voices, but maybe it's time to try. And then these voices oh go, you're super cool, Rebecca. <laughs> so funny. it's very reductive and silly, but there's so much emotional truth behind it and so much, like, emotional heft. Like, I cried the first time I watched this episode. Getting a diagnosis is powerful yeah so it's a great song maybe this is just like cliche now but i picked a song from next to normal i picked a song you don't know because you keep you keep mentioning that people don't believe you and that you're bulldozed over and i feel like that song in particular is very much like you don't you're not in my head you don't understand you can't understand i'm the only i'm the single person on this planet that understands exactly what i'm going through that is the most, I don't mean this in a, as a slight against high schoolers. I was one of course, once, but that is like the most, the high, most school high school thing, thing I can imagine. I am the only person who will ever, ever understand, understand me. But it's real. It's, that's no, it's feel. true. Like that's an especially like, oh my gosh, 17 is one of the hardest years ever mm-hmm. because everything feels life or death. Yeah. Everything feels like it's either the best or the worst thing that has ever happened to you. So yeah, that that song, I mean that whole musical is great yeah. for for mental anything. So Yeah, I have another pick. It is Give Me Your Attention from Now Hear This. Oh, nice. I finally listened to it. Yay. I didn't listen to all of it, but I listened to a few songs. Yay, Jesse. Yeah, thanks Jesse. We um, love Jesse. We do. Give Me Your Attention is Heidi Blickenstaff. I I love her so much. And it's kind of a heartbreaking song, actually, because she's singing about being a kid whose 
kind of ignored and just doing all this crazy stuff to get attention Mm -hmm. um like giving herself a bruise with her crayons and saying it was a mean girl on the playground and like pouring bleach on her neighbor's floor and (laughs) it's uh it's great and Heidi Blickenstaff is so wonderful like wonderful singer wonderful performer wonderful actress it's a really charming uh song like acting wise but it's it just kind of shows the psychological trauma of being ignored, mm-hmm. not even necessarily neglected to an abusive level, right? which just, it's not in the song. Ignored. It's just being ignored and wanting that attention. So yeah, that's my second pick. I love it. I don't have all of these. Are I only have one pick for all that's of these. That's fine. Just so everybody is aware early on. Next question. Next question. How should I go about directing as a young woman with a cast of older adults? I picked this question specifically because Erin has actual real life, real world experience with this to the point where I was like, did Erin write this? But then I was like, no, because she done did it. She she done <laughs> did it. Um, it's funny. I just did this literally a couple of months ago. I was... um. When I did Schoolhouse Rock, which I've talked about on this podcast before, I was an assistant director. Um, I was not the actual director, but every single person in the cast was was at least six, six to ten years older than me. Proper adults. Proper adults, you know? Not that you're not a proper not, adult, but you know what not, I mean. But I know <laughs> what you mean. But it it is so hard because every part of you thinks you're not good enough thinks you're not worthy enough and i think that's that's constant for anybody put in a higher up position anyone put in as a director and if you don't question that and if you go in and you're like i'm perfect for this then you've got other issues and i think we should look into that but here are some things that you need to continuously remind yourself you have the position for a reason these actors have their position for a reason as long as you are constantly giving them the respect that they deserve they will give you the respect that you deserve. And if that is not happening, if they are not returning the respect that you are giving them, that's on them. That is not on you. But as a director, you constantly have to exude respect, respect for their art, respect for your art, respect for the the musical director's art, respect for the prop master's art, respect for the costume designer's art, because theater is collaborative. And if you go into a process where you look at it and you go, I'm the director, I should have final say in everything. And you do. That's the thing you do. You always will and you always should. But that does not mean you are always right. That does not mean that your final say is correct. You have to weigh your options constantly. When it comes to directing people that are older than you, you need to respect that they they have knowledge that you might not have tapped into yet but that doesn't mean that you are unaware of something you know you can't let them mm-hmm. hold your age against you either yeah there's nobody there's always going to be somebody somebody in the room that knows more than you but that goes for every single person in the room absolutely absolutely and just because an actor knows more than you does not make you less of a director mm-hmm if an actor comes in and they've done their research and they learn something that you did not know about, you can't look at that and go, oh, my God, I'm so dumb. I didn't know that. How is it? Blah, 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 blah. You have to receive that information. And be grateful, honestly, that Absolutely. you have such a good actor who's doing their homework. Because that is that is so rare. 
So rare. Um, Thank them for being awesome and yeah. say, let's try and this. That comes, <laughs> that comes from respect. You know, mm-hmm. if somebody comes in and they've done their work and they know where they're going and and they, they have an idea, unless it's, I always hate when I'm like in the middle of a scene and they're like, oh, well, I always pictured. It's like, and then you have to kind of put your foot down. You have to say like, I appreciate your collaboration and I would love to hear it. Bring it to me after we're done in a scene because the other the other actors will lose a little bit of respect if you one combat them and immediately are like what l- let me direct my scene you yeah, know right um but also say if if somebody brings you an idea say yeah let's try it because that's what rehearsals for yeah trying things out and, and there's if, no harm in trying something even yeah. especially if it's just a quick bit because they can try it and then you can say i see where you're going i think we should do this instead mm-hmm and then th- that's a period mm-hmm. because you've seen their their option. You did not discredit them in any way. You you voiced your opinion on it, and you get the final say. Yeah, and what uh, what actors have to understand is that they're in the scene. They're not seeing it from the director's no. point of view of outside of it. So something may feel really right to them, but it might look totally strange or yeah. wrong or not right for the scene or it doesn't fit into the big picture so um and yeah also have a certain like a certain amount of confidence with your own ideas and yeah. choices don't don't apologize for things that Never. you like that you just want to do or just want to try or yeah like it's all fine it's all you boo boo it's all you 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 got this position for a reason is what i'm just going to keep saying mm-hmm. and a directorial position is hard and it's not for everyone but for the people that are that love it enough and the people that are co- are confident in themselves and the people that that fight for their art it's it's a job that you'll love forever so don't let don't let a silly thing oh i have oh gosh i'm going to say don't let a silly thing like age get in the way but i was talking to my mentor and the director that i was working with for schoolhouse rock and that was the mo- schoolhouse rock was the moment i went oh my gosh i could do this like i could direct instead of act and i'll be fine because i wanted to be an actor for so long but it it wasn't there wasn't as much luster to it as directing had and i looked at him and i said how could i do this i know how to market myself as an actor i've been doing it for years i know how to audition i know i studied so much about how to be an actor how in the world do i become a director and he he looked at me and he said why do you think you can't and i looked at him and i said i'm a woman i'm 23 and he stopped me and he looked at me and he said those are two of the best reasons why you should that's great and it's true we need young directors because young directors are the breath of fresh air they're the they're the new they're the new everything. Everything is based off of what the director brings to the table and then and then what they how well they collaborate with everybody else. A bunch of old men filmmakers want to uh, exempt movies that did not have a theatrical re- release from the Academy Awards. Yeah, that's where we're at. We need young female directors. Oh my gosh. I mean gosh. that's film, not stage, but Right, still. but still no, it's the same. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the absolutely same. the same. So I hope that some of my rambling made sense and I hope that you know that I am a million percent on your team and if you want to talk more about this if any young directors want to talk more about this message me on Instagram DM me because I could talk about this for 
ever. Hell yeah. Songs. Okay, I'll go first. Um, my first song that I'm actually really excited about that I picked is the Legally Blonde remix from Legally Blonde. Oh my god, I almost picked this. Really? And I was like, I can't pick something from Legally Blonde because everybody knows that I'm working on it. And then Which they're going to be like, oh, you're only picking it because you're working on it. <laughs> and I picked it because I was like, Aaron's working on this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, this is this is not the sad Legally Blonde where she's like, I'm leaving. No. This is the Legally Blonde where she's Remix. Back. This is where Vivian back is in like. Back the game. Back, back on in the, the trial. Game. But I'm going back, back in, in my style. style. Girls, it's a fact. Yes, when you're attacked. Yes, you got to respond. Got to, got to, got to, got to respond. Hand me um, my dog. Hand me my bag. And the American flag. Got to be American. <laughs> Cause nobody screws with somebody who's legally blonde. <laughs> um, oh, it's such a good song. It, I, I honestly, love when it's such a good music. I love when yes, it's it is so good. But I love when Vivian goes, "You're my new muse. You got the best freaking shoes, and you let a fuse because of And then and then she goes, "Sorry, Vivian, but I'm never wearing that again, <laughs> honey. That's a supply closet." I know! I said I'm never wearing that again. I'm wearing this! She comes out in the pink suit. Oh, iconic. You don't even have to go see my show now because you just watched it. So good. So, yeah, I don't know if we need to explain that. It's just about a girl doing... Doing the thing. Doing the thing. But what's even better is it's about a girl who starts out not thinking that she's capable of something. Mm -hmm. And then... Nobody else believes she's capable of it either. You know, and, and, and... People that that she look up looks up. Blah, blah, blah. I'm just not gonna stop. I'm just gonna stop. That's it. That's all I got. Your song. Oh, my song. <laughs> Don't um, stop yet. <laughs> uh, I I picked uh, "Me in the Sky" from "Come From Away," because this is this is a song. "Come From Away" first of all is one of the most beautiful musicals I have listened to in a really long time. Mostly because I'm such an empath. Every single one of those songs I have I cry to. Yeah. Every single well, one. Well, it's also. I think that much more emotional because it's so based. It's in real. Like reality. I remember. Yeah. I remember nine yeah. eleven. I mean, not well. I was six, but right. like still. I remember um, listening to "Come From Away" for the first time and not fully like understanding what was happening until the yeah. end, and then I just broke down crying. Oh my gosh, it's yeah. so good. And so, "Me in the Sky" is about the pilot. Um, she's the first female female pilot for uh, in. All of my burps are like that. They're like little baby burps. They're never belches. And I'm disappointed. Have you ever heard a baby burp? That's not a baby burp. Oh, well. Baby burps are like, (laughs) Um, Me in the Sky is a song sung by the first female pilot to work for American Airlines. um, An actress playing. An actress playing. No, it's (laughs) That would be remarkable. That would be awesome. If she were also. She's a woman of many talents. She were also a Tony Award nominated Right? Was she nominated or am I wrong? I don't think so. Oh. Tony. Tony. She might have been. Antoinette, what are you Antoinette. doing? Antoinette, Antoinette Perry. So anyway, this is a, this is a song about her travel between ha, travel ah. travel between a young girl who knew this is what she wanted uh, to a woman who is fully developed in her career and everything that she went through in between. All of the men telling her that that to bring her a drink instead of fly the plane and and how she started out with such a small plane and now she got her wings and she's she's flying these huge planes and that that is the same kind of thing for a director is that you start out you start out with these little productions. That 
that that some of them are like such shitty jobs, but you even though you go home and you're crying and you want to rip your freaking chest out and hair out of your head, I don't know, you <laughs> still you still come back. You still continue, you still put that show up and then you still direct your next show. It's that same kind of thing. Like she had so many bad jobs, but they were all in her field. So the, so in the end she loved them and in the end they meant the world to her and it's that same kind of thing. She never stepped down just because of all the people that told her that she couldn't. So I love that song i hope you do too yeah i have one other song and it's i'm your man from meet john doe uh i've recommended this before it's just it's such a good song uh i've been listening to more of meet john doe and i think it's a great show i think it's really underrated and Mm underappreciated so good um but it's just about like having moxie and being a girl on the job and like I want to say advocating for yourself again, but I use that word too many times in the first question. But like, you know, being confident in uh, what you can do and like what you know. So yeah, yeah, I'm your man from Meet John Doe. All right. All right, next Next question. Next question. I'm a 23-year-old female. Same. Uh I am a 23-year-old. I'm a 23-year-old female and I was living with another girl in a nice apartment. About two months ago, this girl started dating this guy who has a dog and the dog attacked me. I told her I didn't want the dog there, but we compromised and she got the dog a crate to keep him in. After a while, the dog and boyfriend were there more and more. In the last 30 days, they were there 20 out of the 30. She didn't even ask me if that was okay. At the beginning of this week, she told me they'd be staying all week. And when I said that it, that it wasn't okay, she pretty much said, well, it's happening anyways. So on Wednesday, I informed her that I, was, I would be moving out at the end of the week because I cannot stay somewhere where I don't feel safe. She pretty much kicked me out, saying I had to pay for, her rent, for my rent for the next month, which I was not going to do, or get out that night. So I got out. My mom and sister helped me pack all of my stuff and move. I'm currently staying with my boyfriend, but I'm feeling very unsettled and my stress levels are out of control. I don't want to take any time off of work because I'm a teacher, but I'm emotionally and physically exhausted. Any advice? Baby. Honey, baby, sweetie, darling. I'm so sorry that happened. That, first of all, what a mess. That sucks. That sucks. How dare that friend, especially because it's a friend you say that you moved in with. So how dare that friend pick a dog over you. And moreover, a boy. Yeah, that's just, there's so much to that that is just unfair. So the question here is not necessarily like, you know, how do I have these convers- these tri- tricky right. conversations with my roommate? you're out. You're it's, out. It's more about the, the stress. Next? The stress. Yeah. All that jazz. Um, I mean, first of all, how, like, not to cause you more stress, but like, how long do you plan on staying with your boyfriend? Like, is that a viable solution for you? Like, staying with him long term right. or do you need to find a new place? Um, if you do feel safe at your boyfriend's house and you think you can stay there for a while, I recommend doing that because that just sounds like I was I was going to recommend I'm not going to do it. So I'm going to talk about it now. I was going to recommend a soft place to land from waitress mm-hmm. because if if your boyfriend's house is a safe place, then that could be a soft place to land while you right. kind of get your bearings back. You talk. I, I, I feel think, like I'm talking about <laughs> I don't want I, – I just want you to be wary, and you seem to be a very, a very aware person, but I want you to be wary about not being the boyfriend that you just experienced in terms of being that person that's that stays very too true. long. Maybe that's what her stress is coming from. Yes. Um, is that now – 
now you're put in the situation unwillingly and unwanting, but you have turned into the boyfriend that you hated in the other place. If the boyfriend has roommates, you don't want to Yeah, be, you don't want to be... Because it does, it is stressful. You do put a strain on, you know, the bill the goes up because water and trash and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So my first advice is take a couple deep breaths. If you, and I hate saying this, but if you need to take a day off from school, take a Friday or a Monday off. Have a long weekend where you can figure out what your next step is. Mm-hmm. One of those, one of those days should just be to relax. So maybe if you take that Friday off, Friday and Saturday should be you really, really working and trying to find a new apartment, trying to find a new room to rent anywhere. And then that Sunday needs to be a rest day because you do need to take some deep breaths and you don't want to put stress on your current relationship just because of something that a terrible friend and ex-roommate did. So if the best way to keep your relationship unstressed is by moving out as soon as possible, I think that one of your best options is taking a day off from work, which I know yeah. you don't want to do. And, like, your students are important, your job is important, but your uh, mental well-being is also very important. Absolutely. And, and you can't – coming from – I only teach an hour and a half a week, and I – if I am not in the right mindset, I am not – oh, wait. I mean, choreographing is basically teaching. If yeah. I'm not in the right mindset to teach, I do not teach well. Like, it does not – my words don't work as well, and I don't feel as confident in the knowledge that I'm trying to impart. So maybe that day away from your students is not only good for you, but it's also good for your students because they can see you at your peak or at least at a less stressed-out version of you rather than having to – this sounds – like, deal with sounds weird, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And – Life goes on, you know, like yeah. find a substitute, you know, wh- whatever. And they have subs for a reason. Exactly. I have yeah. so many friends who are subs. Yeah. So um, take care of yourself, please. And a Friday is actually – a Friday sub is actually a great time to have a sub because you can give the give the, um, give the the sub projects to do with the kids. I don't even know how old. I don't right. know Your what students yeah, I don't are. Know. I'm just right. picturing like sixth grade for some reason. <laughs> but like you can you can schedule either like a group project or or a movie to watch or something where the kids don't feel abandoned, but they feel like they're getting a a, a fun little Friday. Yeah. Um but if and if you need to take off more time than that, you need to do that. Like it's what you need to do. You have to listen to your uh listen to your body and figure out what you actually do need because yeah. maybe a weekend, maybe a long weekend isn't enough to get everything together. Um it sounds like you have the support of your family, your mom and sister. Um see if there's anything that you can get their help with. You know, looking for roommates, posting on Facebook or uh I don't know if people still use Craigslist for that. Is that they shady? Do, yeah. yeah. They use um, Craigslist. There's also like which is weird, but like Facebook Marketplace has yeah. rooms for rent. There's also um like offer up and things like that. A lot of pl- weird places where you can find rooms for rent. Yeah. Um, and also just calling around to all of the apartment buildings that are that are in in your area. I just went through this whole process renting an apartment, and I'm I, and it sounds like you've already gone through the process, so you you yeah. might know what the steps are. So taking those steps again will be hard, and especially if you don't have roommates picked out already, it'll be hard because renting one room is a lot harder than like just getting a full apartment with but new people. ask around. Like, ask if there are friends of friends who are looking for roommates. Maybe your boyfriend roommates. knows some people that need roommates. Yeah. 
Yeah. You got this, baby boo. Yeah. So sorry that that happened to you. Do you want to listen to some songs? I think you should listen to some songs. Yeah. So let's do songs. songs. I like that so segue. cheesy. Yeah. No, I liked it. <laughs> I like it. We should do that more. Mm. Okay. Fresh and new. All right. Do you want to go first? Yes. No, I read it. Oh, okay. Um, all right. So my first suggestion is The Private and Intimate Life of the House from Natasha Pierre and the Great Comedy. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is a song I, about... My, you can't see me, but my face perked <laughs> up. The minute she went, The Private and... I was like, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comedy of 1812. I love this song so much. Um, it's, a, it's a song about an abusive home life. Kind of. Mutually abusive, to be real. It's uh, this, you know, old man and his daughter, Princess Mary, right? Yeah. And uh, they are the parents of Andre, to whom Natasha is engaged. And the song takes place kind of just before she's about to go meet them for the first time. So yeah. it's setting up their life together. Hello. Hello. And he is so unpleasant. Like, every, he, Oh, my he, God. He's the worst. He's the worst. He gives me anxiety. Every yeah. Time I he's to that so song. stressful. Um, the opening of the song is just him talking about how, like, oh, people, you know, I'm very I'm old, so but old, people but like people me. People like and me, and it's fine. They think I'm so smart and amusing. And then his daughter is Where like. Where are my glasses? <laughs> <laughs> Where are my glasses? Then the They're daughter comes in. Upon his head. I love Mary so much. Gelsie Bell is everything. One of my favorite parts is she's singing like they're both singing. I can hurt you. He's I saying can I can hurt you like you. threateningly, and she's saying I can hurt you because he's old. Like she's literally <laughs> she saying could. like you do not realize yeah. that I could literally just like snap your arm. Yeah. Into. But she never ever ever never, ever, ever would. would. She's so good. But I never, ever, ever, ever would. No, Father, I love you, Father. And time moves on. And my face And nothing ever happens to me. And Countess Natalia Rostova is coming for tea. I know they like me. Everyone is always like me. Natasha is young and worthless and dumb. <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, we had a full Natasha Pierre sing along. I forgot. I'm. I need to re-listen to. I it. know. Uh, when was the last time I listened to it? Probably like two weeks ago. <laughs> right? I still need to re-listen. Need to, to listen it. to it again. So yeah, it has nothing to do with dogs or bad no, roommates, but, but it is just it's still. And it and also just listen at home musical just because it's good. And yeah. Maybe it'll make you feel less stressed. Yeah, maybe exactly. It'll add to stress. We don't know. Um, I picked my one song is "Quiet" from Matilda. <gasps> I did it again. <laughs> I am such a big fan of that song, um, but I I think that. I feel like when you're extremely stressed, this song makes a lot of sense to you because she's saying like, people don't get it. Like I, like this, this means one thing to me and it doesn't mean the same to them. How could it not mean the same to them? Because I, I understand something so, so clearly and they don't understand it at all. She's going through this whole thing. She says, I think I'm different than my friends. Um, All of this stuff is happening. And then, and then she she asks for quiet and the music is written so beautifully and she just speaks about the quiet and she speaks about how her mind reacts to the quiet and how everything slows down and it's just her and all this stuff and I really think that that is what 
you need in this moment is that you need that switch that happens in the song where you're going from this 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 beautiful reverberating mess to silence yeah that's so good what a good one pick like way to go out like come out strong thanks um the second song i picked is just a good send-off to a very bad situation and the song is about a romantic relationship ending but um like i said just a good send-off and rather than tell you the title of the song i'm gonna play the first bit of the song so um and it's from crazy ex-girlfriend okay fair warning i love you yes and i'll confess the thought of staying is so enticing and when you speak my knees get weak i can't believe what i'm sacrificing but let's get real we know the deal so darling let's not tiptoe this thing we had was not just bad it was a shit show that's (laughs) funny yeah so santina fantana yes that was right, right? Santino Fontana. Fontana. Fontana, yeah. I said, I was like, that sounded a little weird, but I couldn't <laughs> pick so which syllable. There's so many vowels in his name. So many. Santino Fantano. <laughs> you know, did you ever sing that song, Apples and Bananas? And like, oh my gosh, I did that. And at, oh my gosh, it's so funny you say that <laughs> at Starbucks the other day. We were singing that song and I was like, I want to, uh, 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 apples and bananas. No, that's, that's the one. That's the Suntunu, <laughs> I want to, uh, uh. I want to e e e Cintini Fintini. I hate it. Thanks. I love it. Um. So yeah, that's, it was a shit show from Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Just punched my and boob. <laughs> don't I do that. I was pulling up my pants and my hand slipped and I punched my boob. It do be it's like fun. that. Um. So yeah, I'm so sorry about that. It truly was a shit show say goodbye to it forever peace peace out last question last question i'm a junior uh. <laughs> i'm a junior in high school and i'm very involved in my theater program i get a lot of leads because i've been acting for a while but one of my friends always gets ensemble it's really difficult because she gets upset about it but she really isn't a good actress i don't know what to tell her because i'm not going to tell her she's bad but she's getting really annoying because she's super cocky about her acting same with Inquire when she got moved down to Alto and is upset because she thinks she's a soprano. How do I deal with a friend who thinks she's really talented and is getting disappointed when she doesn't get featured parts? Okay, let me start out by saying this. This is not the last person you will meet like this. Sure. 70% of actors are like this. Yeah, like a version of this actor, like on every project every, you work on. On every single project you work on. The thing that makes me nervous about the way you asked this question is that you call this person a friend, but you also are saying some pretty negative things about this friend. Calling them annoying, um, just kind of belittling what they are voicing as their own experience. Yes. And, and, And let me say, I have been this person, you, letter writer. I have thought this about people. 
I have had this exact same thought about <laughs> friends. And it took me a while, and this is, this is the perfect time to tell you now because you're a junior in high school. It took me a while to realize that my way of viewing these people was part of the problem as well. I was being negative. I was judging them and deciding for myself that they were untalented in some way when that is not my call. Now, here's what I'll say. There are ways to go about this. There are. Part of that can be a very realistic conversation with yourself first of why do I view my friend in this light? Why do I see her as annoying? Why do I see her as someone who doesn't think they deserve as much? From what you're saying and from personal experience, I hope I'm not putting words into your mouth. I have a hard time looking at people that I, I deem unworthy of something because they haven't worked as hard as me. I so struggle with that. That has been a really big thing in my life because I have worked so hard, so hard. And there are people that will just inherently assume that they deserve things without working as hard as I have. You say that you have acted for a very long time, you have a lot of training, and she doesn't have as much. So viewing someone who thinks that they deserve these leads, these featured roles, when they haven't put in as much work as you have, that is difficult. It yeah. is hard and it always will be. Often, I come across as someone who hasn't worked as hard as I have because I don't play into, like I don't let people see how hard I work. I just kind of like, I don't complain a lot. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like, oh great, I got this cool thing. I don't say like, I got this cool thing after working this hard, blah, 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 blah. So mm -hmm. a lot of people look at me and they're like, oh, she gets handed things because she's naturally good at things. No, that's not the case. But also you, you ask for things a lot. I do. I that's important am a constant good. asker. <laughs> and that's the thing too, is maybe this friend's problem is instead of asking why she's not getting things and asking to get things, she's complaining to you and saying, I don't get these things. I was never that. I mm, Maybe for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then immediately went, if I want something, I'm going to go get it. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's the problem that she's confiding in a friend and saying, oh, I don't get these things, or I'm not as featured in this show, or all of this stuff. And maybe that's all it is for you, that you need to just be a, lended, a lending hand. You need to be an ear. And that's allowed as a friend. You're allowed to just be the ear. Yeah. You don't have to fight for her, and you don't have to demonize her just because she's trying to vent to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, it's really a matter of kind of staying in your own lane. Yeah. Like, so what if she thinks she's better than she is? So what if she thinks she's a soprano and she's really an alto? Like, maybe that won't get her far if she wants to continue acting. But it's also not your business or responsibility to... Um, give her a like, reality yeah check. or like correct her like actually you are an you're alto and you're not very good <laughs> yeah like, it's not that's in no way your responsibility right. unless she is like i want to be a serious actor and i want to succeed in the industry what are the things i can do differently exactly unless she's, she's coming, coming to you, to you with and that, asking for advice that is different let her believe that she is a misplaced soprano like and i will say too though if you care because i'm also the friend that cares 
so deeply all the time and has a really hard time not caring. If you are the friend that cares so insanely deeply and can't watch your friend go through life without knowing how they come across and being so socially and professionally unaware, then that's a different answer because the answer would then be finding out who she would listen to and who you need to get her in contact with for those answers. Yeah. Because maybe you need to bring it up to your choral instructor instructor and say, so-and-so is having a really hard time after you you moved them down to Alto. And she's saying a lot of nasty things about you. I, I just said that. Like, I just assumed <laughs> that she'd be like, so-and-so doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> um, but maybe it's something that you need to bring up to your choral. If you, only if you care about this person and you think that they deserve to know that they are an Alto or anything like that. Because that's a whole different thing. Yeah, if it's but like, that seems like... But, yeah. So yeah. this... And- also, the truth of the matter is this friend could be really entitled and really yeah. actually annoying and really... And maybe they shouldn't be your friend then. Yeah, if that's the case, if they're... If, they... if it's that hard to be connected to this person because of these these toxic behaviors, then maybe it's time to take a little step back. Yeah, focus on you and your career doesn't... I mean, you don't say if you're doing this, trying to do this professionally um, after high school... Um, but focus on that. Focus on your own hard work. Like I said, kind of stay in your lane. It's not, if somebody is not working hard enough or not getting the training they need, they're going to figure that out if they want to succeed in their field. They're going to figure out what they're lacking. Somebody at some point, a director, a teacher, somebody at an audition is going to tell them, probably. Yeah. And it's a matter of time. Mm -hmm. And also, this is real too. She might succeed. She might. She might get lucky. Sometimes that happens. She she might not be talented or talented enough, but to someone else, they might see something in her. Mm -hmm. And again, not your business. It's all relative. Yeah. You have no idea what one director is going to see in her that you have never seen in her. So focus on your own journey, both emotional and artistic and career-wise. Yeah. And, and I hope you don't think that we jumped on your throat in any no. way. We have just been in this situation. I feel like I've been both of these people. Sure, yeah. So it's it's very personal. It's much more personal than other jobs, especially yeah. I think in, in high school and community and it, theater. Yes. It's really personal when you see your friends getting leads and you see your friends getting the cool solos and you're just ensemble. And that's the thing too. Last thing. This isn't professional theater. Mm-hmm. You are in high school. Mm-hmm. And not to discredit high school theater because it's very important and not to discredit high school actors because you guys are important. You are the future of actors. And as a director, I need you. But (laughs) come audition. (laughs) Come come to me. But you have to realize that in high school, you are not yet a professional actor. You are not you are not yourself a product yet. Mm -hmm. You are in production. Mm Mm-hmm. So you have to realize that maybe this is her her bumpy road of her whole production. She needs to go through this little turmoil of maybe I I'm I think I'm better than I am. And then maybe she'll realize, oh wait, I'm not. Yeah, maybe she'll be talking about this on Jimmy Fallon in ten years and be like, yeah, I thought oh I was God, so I thought cool I was so cool. cool. Yeah. And now because <laughs> girl Girl, the amount of times I have said that sentence of yeah. I thought I was so cool in high school. Mm-hmm. So We love you and we're proud of the work you're doing. We hope you're proud of your friend. And if not, then maybe they shouldn't be labeled as such. 
Yeah. Songs. All right, you go first. Okay. I picked Toledo Surprise from Drowsy Chaperone, but here's why. Here's why. <laughs> because I was thinking about this conversation in terms of Kitty from Drowsy Chaperone, and then um, what's the lead actress's name in Drowsy Chaperone? Janet. Janet. Yes. So I was thinking about this in terms of like Kitty and Janet, where like Janet is like actually talented, has worked for it her entire life. Oh, wow. Everybody loves her. And then there's Kitty, who mm-hmm. is like so stupid and has no idea that she's not actually talented and the only reason she keeps getting like offered a show that she's never going to get is because she's dating the producer so i picked toledo surprise because that was the only one that i remembered her having like a featured part in because they like have her do something so so it's really just about the characters in the show more than a song Mm -hmm. but um but yeah i just pictured this as like is like you you are like the janet and she's the kitty that's like i'm i want to be an actress and you're like i'm an actress i don't want (laughs) to show off no more and she's like toledo surprise you know (laughs) so is she even in that number? I don't even know. But I don't know why that's the first one. I was like, it's that song that she does stuff in. Anyway. It's fine. Moving on. Everything's fine. Um, but yeah. I picked You Gotta Get a Gimmick from Gypsy. You gotta get a gimmick if you wanna get ahead. I did that song and I was the trumpet one and I learned trumpet at a summer camp. Um, and I did, played it really quickly, and and it's on the internet. I doubt you guys will find it, but go ahead and try. That's all I had to say. Okay, <laughs> I might try and find it. Um, yeah, I don't feel like I need to explain this. No, you just got to get a gimmick. You got to get, get a gimmick. Get one. Um, maybe you can tell her that. She's I don't gotta know. get a gimmick, and once she gets one, she's gonna make it. Yeah, same to you. <laughs> the other one I picked is again from Meet John Doe. It's called "Be More." Wow, um, I just realized how far away from the mic I was for that sentence. Whoops! I've never done that before. Can we? Use I was like, this? yeah, you gotta get a gimmick. You just gotta. <laughs> anyway, Aaron podcasting from a completely different room. Seriously, universe. Um, so "Be More" from Meet John Doe. Uh, I haven't listened to all of John Doe. I like to listen to musicals like. In order, yes, but sometimes I'll just listen to bits from a bunch of different songs and yeah. just be like, what's this about? And try and like put it together in my head. What, I, what I've what i gleaned about Meet John Doe is it's about this this female reporter, Ann Mitchell, who writes this um, fake suicide note mm-hmm. from a man named oh. John Doe. I think it's a suicide note. He says, like, I'm disappointed with, like, the... I don't know. I listened to it like two weeks ago when I was prepping for this. He says something like, I'm going to jump off the Brooklyn Bridge. And it gets everybody reading the paper. And um, so in this song, she's talking to some older man. I don't know who it is. A boss. Sure. But he's, like I said, I have very little context. Um, It's just what I've pieced together in my little brain. But he's saying like, okay, so you did that. You got everybody's attention. Now what? You're just going to settle for that? Yeah. Be more. Like, don't settle for big. Think huge. And it's great. And they come up with this kind of, like, scheme to, like, get uh, this John Doe on the radio. She made him up. Like, giving a big speech from the Brooklyn Bridge just as he's about to jump and getting everybody to tune into the radio. And then she, like, kind of goes off the rails and she's like, and then we can do this national tour and blah, blah, blah. And it's it's so fun. Um, 
I'm j- I'm loving that musical. I need to actually listen, to, listen to it all of it yeah. in full. Um, but yeah, so don't settle for big. Think huge. Be more. I love that. Yeah, and that's all I got. And that's our show. Yeah, let's do. Should we do little plugs? Let's do the plugs. So you can find us on social media at Someone Else Show on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Facebook. What else do we have? I don't know. Send us an email at someone else show at gmail.com. Which is also linked on our Instagram. And our Instagram has a link tree in the link, which will take you to our most recent episode or our Google forum where you can ask us for advice. Yeah. And we'll give you some musical theater songs. And it's pretty passable advice. So do I that, would please. say so. I think we did a good job I'm sure today. some people would say so. I am Aaron Chalakian. You can find me on Instagram at Aaron underscore Chalakian. That is C-H-O-L-A-K-I-A-N. You can find me on Twitter at Aaron Cho Styles. E-R-I-N-C-H-O-S-T-Y-L-E-S. Okay. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I can spell. Woo! And she can spell too. What so a- there. And I'm Delaney Peterson. You can find me on Instagram at Delaney J. Peterson and on Twitter at underscore Delaney Joyce. Please follow me. I'm trying to get Twitter famous. Delaney is so funny on Twitter. And I'm not just saying that because I love her and because because if she gets Twitter famous, then this show gets Twitter famous. I'm serious. She's just really, really funny. All right. Do we have anything else? Any other closing matters? Um, You matter. To, to me. me. Oh, we didn't make a John Mulaney reference in this episode. Yes, we did. We did? Threw him off his rhythm. Oh, shoot. We always do that one. Oh, but you know the one that I was going to make and what? didn't is um, when we were talking about uh, what if people are just lying about ADHD get Adderall? I was thinking, sometimes, sometimes I, get I get nervous on airplanes. airplanes. <laughs> you gotta go. <laughs> but can I? Talk to the doctor first because Because sometimes sometimes I I get get nervous on airplanes. Okay, bye. (laughs) Ah, There it is. Gosh, that took like 18 tries. Oh, my goat.